Hello and welcome to Compass Chronicles, where we talk about all sorts of life decisions and challenges that we all face. Uh, Not just for those of us going through separation and divorce, but also many different life challenges, raising children, uh, entering new relationships, and all kinds of great stuff. Today's topic is about the crossroads of religion. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because a lot of times people think they know exactly what they need to do. Or I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I just need to do this or that or whatever um, in order to navigate life's challenges. And I work with people of all different religions and backgrounds and, you know, ideologies and, and all of that. So, you know, it's not like you have to believe what I believe or um, there's only certain people that I will work with. No, it's not that. I strive to be honest and be the person who in your life, maybe I'm the only person in your life who will tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear. And that can be a really difficult position to be in. Not always the favorite position to be in, not always the um, most loved or admired position, but I take it upon myself anyway, because there are so many people who they come to me because they need a friend like me, or they need, (coughs) excuse me, a coach like me, uh, a mentor, a guide um, like me, and they don't have that in their life. They can't, you know, their friends, their family, they're just not suitable for that. And at a time in your life where you need that guidance and you need help navigating which way to go, it's me right? So let me back up a little bit and give you some background on myself. I had always been kind of spiritual as a kid, you know, understood about God, but it was kind of vague. It was really what people have been taught and then what they were passing on through, um, their own culture, their own religion, their own superstitions, their this, you know, in order to help people behave better. And so I didn't really understand, you know, when people talked about praying, I thought it was kind of like a wish list, like what you would give to Santa Claus, you know, the things that you want, um, tangible things. It wasn't until it wasn't until I was older that I started to understand what it meant to pray or to communicate with a higher power and all of that. I was uh, born into a technically Muslim family. Neither one of my parents were religious at all um, or had any sort of connection really to um, any kind of rules, protocol and all of that. Most of it was just cultural references. And so I didn't really have a religious identity growing up. And in my teen years, I started learning about other cultures and, you know, religions and uh, languages and all of that. And I was always very interested in it. And I remember visiting my cousins out in California and I realized, oh, Iranians can be Jewish. They can be Christian they can be Iranian. I mean, I'm sorry, Armenian. They can be, you know, this, that, and the other. Like, I didn't realize there were so many varieties, right? 
and then it expanded beyond Iran and uh, our culture and you know to other countries and all of that so I started learning more and more and at one point I decided I want to be Jewish so I mean down to like meeting with the rabbis and being you know uh, sent away three times and then you know finally getting approved for conversion classes and all of that and on the day of my first class I chickened out because I you know, I was, I was of that mindset where I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right, the right way. I wanted to be conservative, not orthodox, but not, you know, reform or I was going to be a conservative Jewish woman, right? And I would want to marry a Jewish man and I would want to have Jewish be and I would change the lineage of my family. And by doing that, it felt, I don't know if inauthentic is the right word, but it just felt like I'm creating an identity within the Jewish faith, not that it exists. And even the rabbis were like, you're not even dating anyone Jewish? And I was like, no, I'm just 20 years old and I'm confused, right? Um, and so a female at 20 years old wanting to convert all on her own without any sort of um, motivation was just really odd for them. They didn't know what to make of me, which is usually the case in my life. And so I remember like, you know, calling a friend and just crying and just going, I don't know what I'm looking for. I really didn't at the time. And, you know, kind of put that aside and, and, during the next couple of years, I was really confused dating wise and just, you know, not really um, knowing which way I wanted to go. And it wasn't until, you know, the darkest days of my divorce, where I literally was on my hands and knees going, I don't know how to pray. I don't know if I'm even doing this right. All I know is that some people say there's Jesus and some people say there's God and some people say there's this and that. I don't know. But I'm talking to you, God, and whatever it is that you want to show me, whoever it is that you want to show me, whatever way that you think I should go, you know better than I do. I don't know. All I know is this life and what I'm going through is horrible. I don't like it. I just lost my mom. I'm scared to lose my children and on and on and on. And I don't know what's what to do. I don't have my mom anymore. For, I mean, I had my dad, but you know, it's a completely different thing. Um and I said I don't I don't know which way to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to feel comforted. I don't know how to grieve. I don't even have time to grieve because I'm going through this stupid divorce you know, and everything was unfair and I was worried about my kids and all the things, right? And I remember saying, if, you know, if there's, <coughs> if you want me to follow Jesus, well then show me, you show me what it is that I need to see and what it is that I need to experience because I don't know. Jesus was a prophet, according to the people that I knew so far. You know, Jesus existed, but he was just a guy who was a messenger, just like the, you know, and that's what they say. 
he's not the son of God, the truth, the light, and all of that. Never mind the Holy Spirit. That doesn't exist either. Um, for Muslims or Jews, you know, they don't consider that. Well, I don't know about Jews. I don't think so. But not in that, not in the, the way that they, the Christians call them. So it was a period of just, you know, confusion during my divorce. And by then I had already made some major, major mistakes in life. And over time, you know, obviously got through the divorce, you know, shaken, rattled and rolled a few times, you know, just, you know, obviously it was a horrible time. And I remember little by little, I started, you know, having friendships with people who were Christian, who were going to church, who were, you know, there for me when my family and friends were not. And I was meeting men and women, examples of what family is and couples who actually stay together and stay married and raise their babies and uh, parents who knew the importance of homeschooling them and, and protecting their children and just so on. So many examples. And I learned more. I heard more. I experienced more, gained my own wisdom and uh, went through, you know, hard lessons and continued. And I remember one weekend, my kids were with my ex. And I don't even know how I came across Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. I don't know. I can't tell you how I heard about this church. But I did. And I don't know what made me decide to go that morning, but I did. So I woke up early on a Sunday morning and I went to church. And this was before they had the new big church. And I didn't know anybody, found a place to sit and just listened. And I remember experiencing a church service. I've been to churches for weddings and things like that, but that was like, it had been a long time. Um, and I remember just, you know, at the end, Pastor Gary, you know, asked people if they wanted to pray um, to allow Jesus into their hearts and, you know, sort of the born again or born for the first time Christian prayer. And I said the prayer. I didn't know, you know, the light switch was going to go on, but I said, you know what? Uh, you show me again. If this is the way I'm supposed to go, then I'll know. Right. And so one thing, you know, after another, and I can, I continue to find more examples of people around me that showed me the better way to go. And I also, you know, through these friendships and through, you know, relationships in, in business and everything, I learned to see the people who were better for me, who had morals and values that aligned with my thinking, who were better examples, maybe somebody who, you know, um, was more developed, 
uh, in their maturity or their understanding or they were older, wiser, um, but good people that I could learn from. And it just sort of happened. And I think that's, it, was, it wasn't like somebody just sat there, because I've had that before in my life, where someone sits down and goes, let me tell you about Jesus, and this is how to become a Christian, and this is, you know, this is good for you. It wasn't that. It, it wasn't that. I've had those conversations before, and I think in some ways that puts people off, or it makes people defensive, or it makes people feel like it's a sales pitch, right? But I truly believe that as Christians, you can show people, you can be salt and light, and you can show people in the way that you live your life. And people will be curious and they'll watch and they'll listen to you and they'll learn from you and they'll draw nearer to you if you are what you say you are and you do what you say, you know, and you do what you're supposed to do and you live your life in a way that isn't perfect, but it aligns with God's word. And very recently, I listened, I was involved in a conversation on Facebook, and one guy said, you know, I believe um, the Bible is based on short stories. This is the guy saying, I believe the Bible is, is a bunch of short stories on how to help people live life in a better way. And I think, very simply put, yes, you know. Uh, stories from different people way back when uh, who were either messengers or storytellers who were helping people of that time, community members, live and understand how to live better, whether it was dietary or relationships, um, uh, you know, government like taxes, things like that. It was all to live better, to have a more prosperous life, to be healthier, to have better relationships at, you know, at a time like that. And humans in general don't change that much over time, even thousands and thousands of years. Um, trials and tribulations and challenges between men and women still exist. Um, family. Um, you know, the, the, you know, the the lifelong journey between right and wrong and, and consequences, cause and effect, all of that, it doesn't change much. And so let's bring it back to Compass Lifestyle Solutions and what I do when I work with people. I found that we all Some people, you know, some people would say we all sin. Well, yes, of course. But I found that those who are facing some major lifestyle transitions, going through separation and divorce, parenting struggles, relationship struggles, it's because we've gotten off track with our morals and our values and we're allowing the world or society to influence us. And if we focus back on God's word, we have to have a higher power. We have to have a 
You know, I never understood when people would say God fearing and I would say, well, if God is loving, why would she, why, why must you fear him? But it's the same way that we would fear, quote unquote, fear a parent, a beloved parent. You're not fearful that your, your parent might beat you. I mean, yes, some people have gone through that. But that's not what this is. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. But you would feel uh, a sense of, I don't want to disappoint this parent. There is going to be a consequence. Doesn't mean that I have to be black and blue, but there is a consequence to my action. And so I don't want to do something that's going to cause a negative reaction. I don't want to cause something that would, you know, make my parent be disappointed in me or to cause me to apologize or to repent, right? Or to confess whatever. I don't want to do that. So I would much rather listen to what I'm supposed to do, obey the rules and, and do what's right. And so we all need that throughout life, regardless of how old we are. And we all need that. So we know there's a higher power, there's a right and wrong and a moral compass, right? And when we don't have that, we get confused, we get off track, we start to make decisions that are counter to the life that we want to design, that we desire. When we start to make decisions, we start to go the wrong way, opposite of, you know, that the life that we're trying to design. So it's, it's important for us to stay focused and to make the right decisions and go the right direction. And that can be challenging for people, especially when you're dealing with a lot of stress, you're dealing with a lot of emotions, you're dealing with, you know, trying to keep multiple balls in the air in life. It can be very challenging and, and, you know, you get distracted, you get overwhelmed and all of that. And that's where I come in, right? It's easier for me from an outside perspective to look at the whole scenario and go, okay, you're putting a little more focus here, what about this? We need to bring this to the to the front and put this as a priority for now and deal with this issue and, you know, help you navigate which way you need to go um, when you might not, you know, you might not have somebody in your life like that. And I want to be very clear. It's not like I'm sitting here, you know, thumping my Bible the whole time, but there are uh, foundational biblical principles that I use in my teachings and in my programs and in my services and in my sessions and in my conversations because it's just better. You know, we can do a lot of things, but you know, when it, when you have a loving parent, like I remember, for example, um, my cousins would say, oh, let's, you know, let's go to a movie. And I would say, well, what time are we going to go to the movie? Well, you know, there's one at eight, but there's one at like 1030. And, you know, and some of them would be pushing for the later one because, you know, that was cooler to go to a later movie. And I would tell my parents, I would say, I don't know, they want to go to a movie. And my mom would say, well, which one do you want to go to? And I would say, I don't know, eight. 
I got to work tomorrow. You know, like I was in high school. I have to work tomorrow. I'm going to be tired. I've been up since, you know, early in the morning, whatever. And she would say, we'll go to the eight o'clock one. Well, I don't know. Some of them, they want to go at 1030. And my parents would say nothing good. Ha- by the time you get out of the movie, it's going to be after midnight. It's going to be dark. It's going to be this, girls, whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. Nothing good happens after midnight. And there's no reason to go to the 1031 when you can go to the 8 o'clock show. And they were right. There were more reasons to protect me against going to the later show than there were the earlier show. And that was for my safety, my security, my schedule, my energy level, everything. So when you're faced with two different decisions, sometimes it's hard to choose based on what's better for you as opposed to what someone else is trying to influence you or what you think is the cooler decision or what you think is the more progressive decision or what you think is the one that, you know, is, you know, the, the more appealing route to go. And that's usually the one I would choose, right? The one that's better for you. The one that keeps you safer, the one that keeps you um, more productive, the one that allows you to take care of the other aspects of your life, as opposed to a self-destructive decision or one that puts you in harm's way or the one that interferes with your parenting or one that interferes with your relationship or your overall success and prosperity in life. So there are many different ways that I bring all of that up. And I do have ministry and ways that I serve people. And that's important to me. And it's because of everything that I've gone through and everything that I've learned and um, everything that has sit well with me, the people that have been good examples and light and salt in my life that I choose to to be that for others. Um, you know, through the darkest days of my divorce, I remember saying to myself and to my God, you know, if I get through this and I'm still standing and, you know, you've provided for me and you've taught me and you've helped me and you've, you know, allowed me to grow stronger through all of this, then use me and use my story to give hope and confidence and encouragement and direction, guidance to people who need it, because I so badly needed it in my time that I am now able to do that for others. And that's really important for me. And through all of the many things I've done in life and in the last several years, and if you know me well, you know I've done a lot of things. At my core, that's what I wanted to do for people. And so I've always sort of redirected myself because this feels natural. This doesn't feel like work. This feels like what I was meant to do. And I can be exactly the kind of Bahar that everybody needs me to be in this context. And so I can serve my best. And that's what sits well with me in my heart. So, you know, I never want people to feel defensive or feel like, you know, this doesn't apply or whatever. I'll meet you where you are. 
just as other people that I encountered met me exactly where I was. And that's important. So I thank you for taking the time to listen, and I hope you catch me next time. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.